preach for a few moments on hope, a hope for the hopeless. A hope for the hopeless. And I want us to, uh, I want us to read in uh, Brother Plowman um, kind of uh, pointed to some scriptures this past week in, in his message, and I just kind of want to uh, I want to dance around the scriptures that he had he had read some, and Second uh, Corinthians chapter four. No, that's okay. I already had y'all be seated, so you can stand in your heart. <laughs> amen, amen. Uh, God is so good to us. And uh, given us this beautiful day, and uh, thank you, Sister Cheryl, for coming in and, you know, with your uh, positive uh, word for the day. We're blessed. We're, we're doing great. God's good. He's been good to us. We have nothing to complain about. Uh, God has been so gracious to us and has given us way more than we deserve, way more than I deserve, God has provided and given. Amen. So cha uh, verse chapter Second uh, Corinthians 4 and verse 1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the, the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them such power in that scripture and such revelation in the scripture of when, when you see me, you've seen the Father who is the image of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them who are lost. It's hid to the lost. And, and it goes on to say, Paul goes on to say that the God of this world hath blinded their eyes. So if our gospel is hid to them, there's no way that revelation would ever come to them. If they never have an encounter with Almighty God, it is hid to them, and the God of this world will continue to blind them from seeing this glorious gospel of Christ. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Come on, somebody. We have a treasure inside of us. We have a treasure in this earthen vessel and the ex that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled. This is what Brother Plowman was talking about the other day. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. And then we're going to jump ahead from verse 9. 
We're going to go to verse 16 and, and read two scriptures there. 16, for which cause we faint not, I faint not. But through our outward, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Doesn't matter what this old flesh, what happens to this old flesh, the afflictions that come against this old flesh, as long as there's a, a renewing that's going on inside of me every day. That's what matters. Amen. For our light affliction, I like how Paul puts it. If anybody, <laughs> if anybody had the power and the influence and, and, and the, uh, uh, the words to make light of affliction, it had to have been a man that was heavily afflicted. Paul was afflicted, and yet he could say, our light affliction is but for a moment. Woo! which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more and exceeding an eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, we're not looking at the trouble. We're not looking at the things. We're not focused on the things that we can tangibly see or lay a hold of with our hands. I'm not going to focus on the tangible. I'm not going to focus on what's in front of me. I'm going I'm to look beyond that. And I'm going to see that there's an, an exceeding and eternal weight of glory that's being prepared, that's being worked about in my life so I can't get hung up on what I see, but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are temporary. The things that we see, the trouble that we see on every side, it's but for a moment. It's just right now in this, in this uh, light affliction that we may experience. It's for a moment, but it's working something that's eternal. A hope for the hopeless. Job said it best. That man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Can I get a witness in here of somebody that's experienced trouble along your journey? You felt, you felt the resistance from the enemy when you made up your mind and you said, I'm going to go to the house of the Lord. And next thing you know, the enemy comes knocking at your door and said, but what about yesterday? What about your attitude? What about so-and-so? Oh, uh, but you know what's going to take place. Uh, God is going to move, and he's going to touch me, and he's going to change me, so I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to focus on the temporary. I'm not going to focus on the few days and the, full, and the trouble that is in front of me. There's so much truth in that one scripture we spend the first 20 plus years of our life learning how to navigate through life, hoping for a, a secure future and trying everything that we know to do to make that happen. What we do not realize in the process is that failure is one of our teachers. How many of you like to fail? No, no one likes to fail. But, but the truth is, is we're all going to fail because it is how we learn. And in the process of failing and learning through our failure, we learn how to handle failure because it confronts us. It looks at us in the mirror. It looks back at us when we peer into the mirror. Failure looks back. 
What do we do in that moment? No, I know that I'm going to face trouble. I know I'm going to face these situations, but I'm not going to be distraught. I'm not going to lose my focus. If I set out to accomplish something but I fail, what do I do? Do I, do I just give up? No, I figure out why it didn't work and I get back up and try again. A few days and, a full, and full of trouble, turmoil, restlessness. From start to finish, life is full of trouble. But what hope do I have if my purpose and my existence is full of trouble? If it's inevitable that what I'm going to face in my life is, is, is turmoil and resistance and, and suffering, what, what hope do I have? It took me, and I can, I can speak for myself, and you have to speak for yourself, but it, it took me years to realize that my life was incomplete. It doesn't matter what we try to do or, or who we add to our journey. If we never discover the purpose for our existence, then the only hope that we have is a short life full of trouble. If I never find the purpose of why I have breath in my body, and why I have a, a sound mind, and, and why I experience the things that I experience, and why I feel incomplete in a life without God, then I don't know what my purpose is if I, if I experience these things and wonder why. Listen, we all wrestle with these things. It takes years. How long do we spend in school going over the same thing, just one level up, one level up, same thing, same routine, same lessons, same, uh, sometimes even the same teachers depend on where you go to school, but it's always the same thing trying to prepare us to, to, to navigate through this world that we're living in. But nothing that we do prepares us for the trouble that we face, which is inevitable. We can spend our whole life spinning our wheels have you been there before? Have you felt like no matter what you do, you just can't gain any traction and you can't move forward and no matter what you face, it just I just can't push past. I can't push beyond where I am. Do I give up or what do I do with this trouble? What do I do with this perspective that I've been stuck with? can spend our whole life spinning our wheels trying to make sure or trying to make sense of it all coming up short every time. And back to square one. Empty with the feelings of hopelessness. How many of you have been there? Just felt hopeless. Just felt hopeless. Our world is hopeless right now. 
Even the, Brother Bates was talking about the condition of our churches and the, and the day that we're living in. There's hopelessness inside of the church. There's hopelessness and restlessness inside the people of God and their lives. Why? I'm sure the lame man who was carried to the temple gate daily. We're all familiar with this story. Who sat there and asked for help for roughly 30 or 40 years. I'm not, not really sure. But could you, could you imagine sitting outside of a church asking for help for 30 or 40 years and nothing had ever come your way except for a few change, a few coins, to, to, to get you through the day. The hope to have enough at the end of the day to survive. What, what hope do we have if all we have is a paycheck to paycheck? Surely this man was out of hope. The basket that he had was had a few coins His head hanging low, discouraged, troubled by the purpose of his existence or the, the lack thereof, not knowing the purpose of his existence. We have all been there. Is this all that I have to look forward to? Is this it? There's something that happens when hopelessness meets hope, though. And each one of you who have been born again of water and spirit have had that experience where, where hopelessness met hope face to face. There's something that happens when a hopeless and a reckless life meets hope and offers a reason for their, for their existence. Gives them a purpose for their life. There is something spectacular that happens when God shows up on the scene and begins to touch a life that has been filled with trouble. Peter said, he said, look on us. Look on us. I don't have anything for your daily provision. I have something that money can't buy, though, and I'm getting ready to give it to you. Your life is getting ready to drastically change, and that's all you need to know, that it's not just going to be a few coins in the bucket. You are going to experience something that you have never felt before in your life. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. When Peter spoke the word of faith, that man met hope. The hope that one day he could enter through that beautiful gate and experience that hope that so many had uh, <laughs> who walked by him daily to worship and to pray. 
He didn't receive his miracle and run away. He stood. He walked into the temple. And, <laughs> and he had a praise break. You know, there are some people that get a touch from God and they go the opposite direction. But not this man. No, he sat there too long. He sat there in his trouble too long. And oh, somebody full of the Holy Ghost came up to him and said, I've got something for you. He said, you know what? I'm getting ready to reveal the gospel that's been hidden from your life in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And he felt something stirring in his in his soul, in his spirit, and he stood up. It's one thing to speak the word of faith that God, that God is getting ready to do it, but that person on the other end has to step up and receive it, and he was not wasted. He stood right up, and he didn't go away from the temple. He stood, and he walked right into the temple, and he had himself a praise break. He was walking and leaping and praising God. If you see someone shouting, if you see someone running and leaping and praising God, you might think they're being extra or radical, but oh, the reality is they met hope, and that hope changed their life. I was lost, and I had no hope. I didn't know the way, but Jesus reached into my situation. He reached into your situation and I met hope for the first time. You will never understand my praise because you've never been in the hopeless situation that I've been in. Oh, but when you see me shout, when you see me get excited about the presence of God, about the goodness of God, it's because I know what it's like to be away from it, to be without it, and to be hopeless and lost and left for dead. And now I have seen hope and I have met him and he's working in my life. hope for a hopeless situation. You'll never understand my praise until you understand why my hopeless situation was. We read in our text what Paul, what Paul was doing. What Paul was speaking, what he was saying when he said, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them who are lost. If the hope that I have inside, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> is hid, it is hid for those that are lost. If I don't share the hope that I have in my life, then it's hid to those who are hopeless and who are in the same situation that I was in. It took a preacher it takes a saint. It takes a prayer warrior. It takes someone who has a treasure in their earth and vessels and understand, oh, that the trouble that I face is not going to cause me to lose focus on the eternal work that's going on in my life. I'm hanging on to the eternal and not the temporary. I choose to, to endure the suffering with joy knowing that there is an eternal work that's going on in my life. It takes someone who has hope. Paul was writing in our text about the light 
of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, I received mercy. You received mercy to faint not. I received this message not to get discouraged along the way and lose hope, not to lose sight, not to faint. I received his grace and mercy so I could make it to the end. I got to do it, but I cannot faint in the process. I can't look at the temporary trouble and the struggle and faint in the process. I got to look at the eternal We don't know how it's going to work out. But I know the trouble in front of me is not going to stop me from my destination. The trouble in front of me is not going to decide for me where my hope is in. My hope is in Jesus, and I'm not going to let the trouble change that. to not lose heart, to not be intimidated when it comes to sharing the gospel because the gospel is the hope for mankind. If it is hidden, it is hidden from those who are lost, those who feel the hopelessness of life's trouble, those who have been blinded by the God of this world. You see, we are troubled on every side, but we are not distressed. We are puzzled, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Why? Because of the treasure in this earthen vessel. I'm not cast down. Why? Because there's a treasure inside of me. There is a hope inside of me that I have in Jesus, and I'm not going to lose sight of that. I won't be shaken when trouble comes because I've met hope. For which cause we faint not, even though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment trouble, life is but for a moment. Life is a vapor. It's here today. It's gone. We will, we will face trouble now and for the rest of our days, but there's a work that's, being, that's producing and exceeding an eternal weight of glory in your life. So I won't look on the temporary, but on the eternal what we see now is temporary. The hope that we have in Jesus is eternal. First Peter 3.15 But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. <laughs> Brother Bates talking about meekness today. Come on, the hope that I have, I got to give it to somebody with meekness, with compassion. I got to give them a hope that said, oh, I know what Christianity has done for you over the years. You've met a lot of hypocritical people in your past. I told, I told the family that was here today, they had to leave. I told them, 
What we're trying to do in this church is we're trying to reverse the stigma that has been placed on Christianity that says that they're all full of hate. They're all judgmental and they're all hypocrites. No, you come to High Point Apostolic Church and you'll find a group of people that will, that will take you in and love on you and care for you. Oh, but we got, we got screaming kids. We got screaming babies and other churches will stare at us when our babies, I said, you come here and you, you let the people get to know your kid and, and your kid get to know the people and next thing you know, somebody's going to come and get them when they start crying and they're going to give the parents a break because that's, that's the way our church does it. Oh, we know the struggle of parenthood. Can a parent be saved? Well, if they got some support, if they got somebody that's willing to say, you know what, I'm going to come over here. You need a break. I can see the stress in your eyes. I can see the discouragement in your heart. I've seen you go up to the bathroom four or five times because you had to go, uh, you had to go potty breaks and all this, that, and that. You need somebody to help you. You know, why don't you, why don't you let me take the little one and you can absorb all you want. That's the kind of church that you'll find here. And I'm thankful for you you, each and every one of you that, that add to that because that's what we're going to need to reverse the stigma that has been placed on Christianity. We're not full of hate. We're not judgmental. Yeah, we're going to live right. We're going to live holy. We're going to do what God said. Oh, but we're going to present this message to them with grace and compassion and say, I'm going to give you some time. I'm going to give you a space of grace to get you to learn how to love the truth. It's going to take a while because we're stubborn. We're stubborn people. You know why we got to go to school so much? 20 years? Because we're stubborn. We just didn't get it the first five or ten. <laughs> it takes a while to beat it in there. It's like, okay, I get it. I get it. Getting to college and you're still somewhat clueless, right? I don't know what major I'm going to do. I don't know what minor I'm going to do. I don't know why I'm here. Some people get a degree and come out still, still uh, spinning their wheels. Well, what do I do now? I had no more direction than when I went into college. Now I got this degree and I still don't know what to do with myself. You know why? Because it requires patience that we would receive God's instruction and that he would lead us to that place where we would prosper. If I'm going to prosper in my life, it's going to be because I allow the Lord to lead me there. Because I can't do it by myself. I'll, I'll wander off over here, wander off over here, wander off over here. Next thing you know, I got debt looming over my head. It's a world that we live in. How many hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars of debt and student loans? Yet our people are overschooled. They're overschooled and uh, and overwhelmed with what they're going to do with it. Because life is a journey, and it takes a while to get us into the right place where God can lead us. I'm going to close with a few scriptures here. I didn't give it to you, brother, so you don't have to worry about it. I'm just going to kind of cruise through them. Um,
1 Corinthians 15, 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Uh, Galatians 5 and 5, for we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Ephesians 1 and 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Ephesians 2 and 12, that at the time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Ephesians 4 and 4, there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. Philippians 1 and 20, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Colossians 1 and 5, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. My hope for me is laid up in heaven. Colossians 1 and 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We've got Christ inside which is our hope for glory. It's our hope for the promised land. My hope is, my treasure is an earthen vessel. It's in this earthen vessel of making it out of this life. First Thessalonians 2 and 19, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? First Thessalonians 4 and 13, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. First Thessalonians 5 and 8, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Second Thessalonians 2 and 16, Now, our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Verse 
1 Timothy 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. My hope is not in the temporary. It's in the work of the eternal work inside of me. Let's all stand. A hope for a hopeless situation is Jesus. And to the saints that feel hopeless, the answer is still the same. It's still Jesus. And today we have this day, this opportunity to regain the hope in our life. If you've been faced with the trouble and you've been perplexed and you've been shaken or you've been, uh, you've been discouraged, uh, depressed, uh, you've lost your focus or you lost sight of your hope, today is a day that you can regain. You regain, regain that focus on that hope of being in that relationship and walking hand in hand with Jesus. Our hope is in him. Can we lift our hands right now? Come on, I want somebody to get their hope back. What they're dealing with right now is not the end of the story. But it's a part of the journey. Oh, it's not our destination. It's just a part of the journey. Our hope is laid up in heaven. Our treasure is inside of us working. Oh, working to produce an eternal weight of glory. And we're going to transition from this life to the next life. We don't see it now, but we know that it's coming. All we see now is what's in front of us. Oh, but faith. What faith is, is, uh, is, is, is uh, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is not knowing, not knowing the way and not, not able to see it, but knowing that God is the way and that he will take me to that place. He will take me to that destination. My hope is in him. My hope is in Jesus. Let's love the Lord. Let's love the Lord for a few moments. If you need to be prayed for, don't be intimidated by this, by this room full of people who may appear to you to be perfect. But somewhere along the journey, they felt the same hopelessness, and they've learned to trust in Jesus. They've learned to, to fall at his feet and say, God, I don't understand it, but I know. I know there's nothing that's out of your control, that's beyond your understanding, that's beyond your counsel. Oh, I just want to hope again, God. I want to hope again. I want to hope again that, there's, that my family, that my children are going to come back to you. I don't want to walk with the discouragement that I have, God. 
that they're going to be lost for all of eternity, Lord. Don't let me be discouraged by the enemy's whispers that said that there's no hope for them. There's no hope for them because I know, God, I know that there is hope. There is hope for them. Do you need do you need to revisit the altar of hope? This altar's been open 